0: now online. A powerful time of praise and worship. Amen. Amen. Ah, what a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. That nothing can stand against. Ah, Nothing can stand against. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah! That's right. Hallelujah! That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Ooh. Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah. It's powerful. Hallelujah. Powerful. Powerful. Hallelujah. Ah. grateful for a church that can enter into the presence of God with videos, <laughs> a church that is here to worship, yes. not here to spectate. That's right. Anyways, <laughs> well, I'm grateful for, uh, for the opportunity to be able to close out this series. i Pretty sure I'm the one that opened it, <laughs> so I'm. Uh, I get to bookend the series. It's uh It's exciting for me. I, I I like doing that. Um, as always, you know, thank the pastors for allowing me to bring a word and the congregation for sitting through it. <laughs> and for those online that will watch either in you know later on today, in a week, in a month, in a year, in a few years, you know. I know I've said it before, but it's 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 so. Fantastic that, like, these stay there and they, and the Lord can lead people to them so that they bless people that need it in their time of need. Amen. But you got your Bibles with you uh, this morning? Yeah. Flip with me to the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter 5. Hebrews, chapter 5, and we're going to be in verse number 7. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 7, and if you have a phone or a tablet or whatever with you that you can modify translations, I'll be reading out of the ESV today. Everybody there? Yes. Amen. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse number 7, says the following. It says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard. Because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Chapter 6, beginning in uh, verse, or I'm sorry, uh, continuing on in, in, in verse number 11, it says, About this we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. But those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Chapter number six, beginning in verse number one, says the following Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tested the heavenly gifts and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the son of god to their own harm and holding him up to contempt for land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from god but if it bears thorns and thistles it is worthless and near to being cursed and it is in the end and its end is to be burned I, uh, I entitled my message this morning, closing out our series, Be Brave, I entitled it, Time to Grow Up. Time time to Grow Up. Let us pray real quick. Father God, we uh, thank you for your word. We thank you for this time of worship that we got to spend in your presence, Lord. We pray, God, that you open our hearts, soften our hearts and open our minds, Lord, to receive everything that you have for us, God. As we always pray lord we pray that we just don't passively listen to this word and walk out the same but rather that we apply it that we let it grow roots in our hearts and our mind father and that we walk out differently than the way that we walked in it's in your name we pray amen and amen Amen. Uh, a few weeks back we uh we took the we took the kids to disney a few weeks back and uh and it was a ton of fun you know we 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 loved it we visited uh we went to magic kingdom we went to epcot and 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 hollywood studios and you know i i really i really love taking the kids to disney i i really do as a parent i absolutely love it seeing them get excited you know to see some of these characters and you know fictional ones at that Sure, but it's it's fun for me to see how pumped and 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 so you know excited judah gets and and addy gets and stuff like that when they see these characters that they've seen in in movies and so you know for example we went to to hollywood studios and in hollywood studios they just recently opened up a a restaurant based around the movie toy story right and so the 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 restaurant itself is designed as though you're in andy's room you know and so you're sitting there eating and and you know everybody's kind of sharing food or whatnot and uh and they have these like recording they have like these you know, speakers in the restaurant. And like every 30, 30 minutes or so, they have a recording of what sounds like Andy from the movie walking into his room. And so what happens is that everybody like, I I, I forgot if, uh, if the employees say it or somebody says it, but they're like, Andy's coming. And so everybody in the restaurant, including the guests are supposed to freeze you know and so you you hear like you know the audio recording of like andy and he's like mom i'm looking for this toy or something and then one of the employees is like andy's coming and everybody including judah and stuff is like oh. you know and then it sounds like he opens a door and he's like never mind i found it and then you and, and everybody's like all right andy's gone and then everybody goes back to goes back to normal you know uh it's 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 fun you know and, it, and it's fun. You they partake and you kind of buy into this like fiction and this uh this story and this excitement or whatever Judah Judah right now is really into Star Wars and I think he knows more about the movies than I do you know I, I I never was like I was never a super you know super into Star Wars Not you know I I don't know it just didn't click or whatever but uh but he loves it absolutely loves it and in Hollywood Studios there's a Star Wars section that has, like, a Millennium Falcon ship and stuff. And and he was loving it. You know, we bought him a little camera, and he was standing there taking pictures of it or whatever. And uh, I ended up buying two lightsabers so that him and I could fight. And so what I do is that I put on one of the – I put on – there's a song that Darth Vader – that is playing when Darth Vader and, and Luke Skywalker fight. And so I put it on, full blast, and then him and I fight in the living room, you know. Um, but I was I was telling my parents recently I was – um. You know, we have we, we purchased annual passes the first time in my life that I got annual passes and um, they're coming to the end. And so I, I was telling my parents, I was like, you know, we're going to renew the annual passes. I think, you know, just because it's a it's an easy vacation option for us and the kids have such a great time with it. And, you know, I've become very aware of the fact that I have just a few years left. A few years left where this is going to be exciting for them. You know, it, it kills me when I think about it, but a bitch. Oh, sorry, for my kids. Uh, eventually, they're gonna grow up, and Disney's not gonna cut it for them. You know what I mean? Like they're they're gonna grow up and. You know, it's not gonna do it anymore. They're gonna wanna visit Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios and they wanna ride big rides, and like, you know, they're not gonna really buy into the whole Toy Story thing and the Mickey Mouse thing anymore. And so I'm enjoying their youth, you know? I'm enjoying their youth, and I and and I'm enjoying the fact that that Judah believes that you know he's a Jedi and you know, and he could fight Darth Vader and uh <laughs> And he wants to build, he he can ask him, he wants to build uh, a spaceship so that he could be a space ranger like Buzz Lightyear. And Addy dresses in the little princess dresses and she goes around singing the songs and and stuff. And, and, and And I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it while I can. Because I know life and age is a ticking time clock that waits for no one, you know? Adulthood and age is thrust upon us whether we like it or not. It just comes. Like a ton of bricks, it just arrives. But there's one thing that is not thrust upon us. There's one thing that's not thrust upon us. See, in November, is gonna go from four to five years old, right? Whether I like it or not. November hits, November 4th hits, and this little guy's turning five, and I can't stop it. In July, I'm gonna go from 30 to 31. <laughs> And as much as I want to freeze that, I, I can't. It, like it's, it's happening. The, the days are passing and the, the months are passing and we're getting older whether we like it or not. We don't, we don't have a choice. But the one thing that is not thrust upon us automatically is maturity. Maturity is a different story. Maturity in my view and and it's not as though I consulted some psychology book or you know you know research this is just me reflecting on my ideas of maturity maturity in my view is a combination of factors i think it is the result of two things the first of which is forced placement and the second is self assessment in my view maturity is the result of two things forced placement Self-assessment. Let me give you a, a few practical examples in terms of force placement. We gave Judah a, a pacifier when he was a baby. We called it a tete in Spanish. I don't know if everybody calls them that, but we called it a tete, and uh, and Judah loved his pacifier. I mean, loved it. This this kid could not go anywhere without the pacifier. We had to have, you know, a few of them on hand because if we if we didn't have it, the, the kid would have a meltdown and it was the only way that he would nap. It was the only way that he would go to sleep. Like we needed to have the tete on hand because if not, we were out of luck, right? And so it got to the point that, you know, I, I want to say he was two years old and you know, he's already walking around and stuff like that. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you can ask Brianna on the, on the time frame better. But I want to say he was getting close to three and this boy still had a tete. And he was walking around and I'm like, this kid looks like he's got like a cigarette hanging from his mouth. Like he, with his tete, just kind of moseying around. And I'm like, he's, he's too old for this. He's too old for this. I mean, it got to the point where I'm like, all right, I think I think we kind of got we got to do away with the tete. And he needs to mature and grow up and be able to soothe himself to sleep. Right? So we needed to figure out what we were going to do, and so what, what what we decided is that we got all of his stethes one day, and we cut the tips off of them, right? We cut the tips off of them, and what it does is that it doesn't allow it to sit comfortably in his mouth. Like, he couldn't hold it well, and so we did that without him knowing, and I'm sure enough, he goes and he grabs and he puts it in his mouth, and I want to say, you can ask Brianna to confirm this, but I want to say it was either that same day or the day after. This boy was walking around with the steth, with the steth in his mouth, and he's walking and he's walking, and he's like... Goes into the kitchen, opens up the trash can, takes it out and dumps it. Nobody asked him. We didn't. We didn't. You know, tell him to go do that. He just got to the point where he's like, "Well, this this is not as fun as it once was." I don't know what they did to this thing, but it's not nearly as fun. But we forced it upon him, right? We as parents had to say, "Hey, you're kind of coming of age now. Where it's nah, I don't know. It's that it's that it's that cool for you to be walking around with a date. I think it's time for you to be able to go to sleep on your on your own volition." When I was in high school. My dad used to leave a a dollar and change for me for school lunches, right? All through, you know, my life. I would walk into the room, I would say bye to him, I would let him know that I'm headed to to the bus stop and there was a dollar and like 50 cents and that was my lunch money, right? But well, when I got into high school and in about, uh, I think it was a ninth or 10th grade, I, I forgot when it was, I started working at Dairy Queen. And so I had a check and then I had tips that I would earn on Saturdays. And so I remember one day walking in to tell my dad, hey, Bob, I'm, 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 headed, to the, I'm headed to the bus stop. And I go and I look on the table and sure enough, that dollar is nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked and I was like, eh, maybe it's an off day. <laughs> I'm not going to bug him about it. I go and I use my own money and then I came the next day and I, hey, Bob, I'm headed to the bus stop. And I looked and wouldn't you know? That dollar still had not shown back up. And it got to the point where my dad's like, buddy, you're making money now. I think you can afford the dollar fifty for your own school lunch. And so he weaned me off. He forced place like, oh, shoot, okay, I guess I'm paying for things now because I got a job. He forced, placed, he, he put me in a position where I kind of had to mature. He did it as a parent. He pushed me. He challenged me because God knows I would have been taking that dollar and fifty $1.50 had he not stripped me of it. Amen. That's forced placement. In terms of self assessment, in terms of self assessment as it pertains to maturity, I got a particular one. Um, when I graduated and I went to to college, my first two years at at Liberty, when I when I went to Lynchburg, I clowned around a lot. I did. You know, I I, I messed around a lot. It was my first time out of the house. I was there. You know, it was it was a guy's dorm, and it was like. We didn't do anything. We made videos and we joked around. And you know, if we weren't wrestling on the halls, like we used to put a cup in the middle of the room and we would toss a ping pong ball and we would wager things. You know what I mean? Like we were into like working out. So hey, bro, I'll bet you a, a tub of protein if I make the shot right now. You know, like we—that's what we—we we would tank hours. It would be three in the morning and we had accomplished nothing. No homework was completed. It was awful. Like he's shaking his head now, as though as though this didn't happen a hundred years ago. You know. <laughs> Needless to say, I was on a I was on a scholarship actually at Liberty, and sure enough, first year I was clowning around, and second year was much of the same, and my grades dropped, and with it went my scholarship. I lost my scholarship, right? And so I got an email saying, "Hey, bud, it was a, it was an ROTC scholarship." I got an email saying, "Hey, bud, thanks, but no thanks. You we're, we're we're revoking your scholarship because your your GPA is dropped, right?" And so I I came I ended up coming back down south, came back home, and I started doing school online. Right. I I started doing Palm Beach Atlantic University and, you know, old habits don't die easily. And so uh, I I messed around and I was, you know, doing online. I wasn't focusing on it. And then something happened. I can't I don't know what it was, but I think it's because I started seeing like friends of mine graduating and people finishing what they started that like I got hit by a Mack truck where I I stopped for a moment and I looked back and I was like, what am I doing? Like, look at all the friends of mine that, that I graduated high school with and they're done and they're accomplishing things. And I'm over here clowning around, wasting time and money like, What is the deal? And I snapped out of it so stinking hard. You can ask my parents. You can ask Brianna that I lived with my head in in, in the books. So much so that I zipped through my undergrad and I jumped right into a master's program. And in my master's program, I ended up having the best GPA I ever had in all of school. But like I hit this wall where I was like, whoa, dude, hello. Like you're too old for this, man. Snap out of it. Look at everybody else. Look at your friends. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life, man? Finish this thing. That's self-assessment, right? Nobody forced it. My parents weren't paying for school. It was me. I was taking out loans. It was 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 it was falling all on me, but it took me to have to stop and take a look back. In the book of Hebrews, the author, which is disputed actually, is uh, noticeably frustrated. He's frustrated because the believers he is writing to have not yet matured. There were those within his audience with the aptitude to be teachers and leaders, and yet they were still meddling with childish things in their faith. They should have been eating meat, and instead they were drinking milk, they were eating candy. He writes in Verse number 14, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Notice that maturity is the byproduct of activity, not passivity. It takes training and constant practice to grow in the faith. You don't spiritually mature by simply showing up on a Sunday, singing a few songs, listening to a word, patting each other on the back, and moving on. That kind of thing is for the spiritual toddler. The spiritual adult, on the other hand, is engaged. The faith transcends the four walls of the church. They're in prayer. They're in fasting, and they are ravenous, not for milk, not for candy, but for meat. They want substance. They don't want entertainment. It is my humble opinion. It is my view that we live in a a day and age where where we have... Immature pastors leading large congregations and doing their best to keep their flock in the Disney days. In the Disney days. And we have congregants, we have churchgoers, we have people who call themselves Bible-believing Christ followers that have been on a steady diet, steady diet, of skittles and starbursts and m&ms and chocolate milk and they have been trained to reject the savory nature of meat for the sugary nutritionless alternative of candy so i was i was asking god i was i was asking the lord lord what is it that you got for this this last segment of be brave like what do you have what do you want to what do you want to communicate to the church and my my prayer was like, God, let me be like your mouthpiece. You know, let me just be your megaphone. Like, what is it that you want me to communicate to your church, this church here, the one that's gathering tomorrow? What do you what do you have for them? What do you what do you have to say? And I and I believe he brought me here, despite the fact that it is Pentecost Sunday. And that would have been an easy softball of a message. You could just throw it in there. Ah, it's Pentecost Sunday. Let's talk about being brave and, you know, being filled with the spirit and whatnot. And that, that would have been cool. But that's not where God wanted me to take it. But I, I I believe it's appropriate. I think I think he brought me here for a reason. I think I believe that he brought me and he's and he's having me communicate this message for a reason because because you, it takes bravery on two fronts. Our series is be brave and it takes bravery on 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 two fronts here and i'm I'm, I'm gonna delve into what I mean by this. The role of a pastor in terms of spiritual maturity of his or her flock, is to force their hand. As any good parent would do, a pastor must force the hand of his church to grow in their faith. And he or she does so by being brave. The pastor themselves, the leaders themselves, must be brave when it comes to leading their flock and forcing maturity upon the flock you see because it takes bravery to serve meat when what people are lining up for is candy and milk it takes bravery to call out sin from behind the pulpit when the church down the road for example at a fear of losing numbers won't even broach the subject's It takes bravery to speak truth, hard truth, challenging truth, uncomfortable truth, when what most people want to do is continue living their life comfortable, untouched, as though Toy Story and Star Wars were real. But I can tell you with confidence that the pastors of this church I'm not saying this because it's my parents, I'm saying it is because I have been the recipient of difficult conversations time and time again. I can assure you that the pastors of this church are brave, are brave. They haven't always been popular. They haven't always been liked. But they've never ceased to be brave. And to stand behind the pulpit... And deliver the unadulterated word of God. And they're serving it, not because they want to make you feel good, but because it's the truth of God. It's the word of God. And if there's any two that have been a mouthpiece, it's these two that are here. Again, not always liked, not always popular, people haven't always taken to it well. But the fact of the matter is is that some people don't don't like bravery because it's hard. It pushes back. It's challenging. But that's exactly what we need now from spiritual leaders. A willingness to push and be hard. Because God knows, had the dollar not left the counter, I would have still been taking it. So sometimes... It is the pastor that has to force the hand of the congregants to grow in their maturity by challenging and serving meat. You're not going to find Skittles or M&Ms here. You're going to find steak. Additionally, it takes bravery to self-assess. As a congregant, as a believer, as a Jesus follower, it takes bravery to recognize when you haven't matured because of your own doing. Like an adult child. It takes bravery to reject the ever so sweet candy and milk for the savory substance of the word of God it takes bravery it takes bravery to recognize that what the world needs as it becomes progressively darker and the lines become all the more blurred what the world needs are spiritual adults leaders teachers preachers not toddlers who throw tantrums because they're not being entertained enough not children who throw fits because the word isn't sweet enough it takes bravery to step up and to put down child things and become the spiritual adult that God has called us to be I wasn't gonna preach for long today I wasn't because this is what God was hammering me in my head that it's time to step up it's time to become an adult the times that we're living in demand it it's time to step up it's time to be those christian adults that we are called to be not the waddling toddlers they're still wanting something to make them feel good in times of war we don't we don't send children to the front line we don't send little boys and we don't send little girls what we send is brave men and women. That's who goes and fights the wars. Those are the ones that get sent overseas. The one with the, go- with the guts, with the, with the fortitude, with the maturity to know what they're getting into. The fact that they're not there for a pillow fight. They're there for a war. They're there to engage in battle. Well, we are in a spiritual war that is getting uglier and more aggressive by the day. And the child that is armed with weak theology and shallow truths led by a pastor more concerned with views and cliques doesn't stand a chance. I don't stand a chance. It's time to be brave. It's time to recognize the fact that we are living in a day and age where, eight, what we need on deck are adults because the war that we're fighting, the spiritual battle that we're fighting is an aggressive, nasty one. That makes, they don't care who it is. They, it's coming strong. The enemy is not pulling punches at this point of the game. He's swinging with everything that he has and we don't need a child to step in the ring. We don't need a little girl that's wielding a weapon. We need adults that have stepped up and matured in their faith to combat the whims of the enemy. Stand up with me. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, to maturity to mature, I refuse to be the Christian that is dependent on milk. I've been in this too long to be fed by milk. We've all been in it too long to be fed by milk. Yet that is what we see. That is what draws that is what fills oftentimes churches it's milk and sweet essence of soft subtle easy preaching and while the world around is doing what it does and spiraling out we have toddlers that are aimlessly distracted that are listening to feel-good messages and and listening to anything that just tickles the ears and makes us feel good. All the while, things are being pushed upon us and thrown down our throats aggressively with nobody to combat it, with nobody to push back. It's time to be brave. It's time to grow up. This world needs spiritual adults to push back against darkness and the works of the enemy. Our families need spiritual adults. Our children need spiritual adults. Our coworkers need spiritual adults. This country needs spiritual adults. And the only way that you enter into adulthood is by putting down childish things, by understanding the urgency, by deepening your relationship with the Lord and doing away with superficial Christianity. By being brave, by doing what is unpopular, not because it's fun or it's easy, but because it's needed, because it's needed. There is nothing worse than seeing a grown, an adult child.'ve seen it. I've seen it. An adult child that you're like hello what's the plan dude hey the clock is ticking man not getting any younger what's what's the strategy what's the approach what are we doing because god knows you're going to start sprouting grays anytime here and you're uh, and like we say in spanish just, just like where where when are you gonna lock in when are you gonna focus the world is going crazy and you're lollygagging. If that, if that is frustrating to just see on a regular day-to-day basis, how much more frustrating is it for the Father to sit in heaven and look down at a church that is full of toddlers? It's, it's kids' church. There's nothing wrong with kids' church. I went to kids' church. Miss Tish was my kids' church teacher. teacher. But I was a child at one point. And it's okay when you're a child to do childish things but there comes a point in our faith walk where we have to snap out of it and say guys we're either in or we're out i'm about this or i'm not about this i'm either living the life or i'm not living the life because god knows the world is going to hell in a handbasket. it sure feels like and so we need somebody that is hey taking up arms and pushing back here and i'm not going to depend on the children and children's church to do that it should be the adults the ones who live their lives on the rock, the ones who understand the power in the word of God, the ones who recognize the fact that there are some things that are black and white, and there is no room for gray. So don't teeter with me. Don't try to spin a story for me. Don't try to tell me of a new truth. Don't give me any of that, bro. If it doesn't pass the filter of the word of God, it doesn't fly. It doesn't fly. So don't don't try to fit it. Don't try to cram it because it doesn't work. This is not the church where where falsehoods will be crammed. Quite honestly, because we have a pastor that fears God way too much to try to meddle and fit with society. So it's a bit more uh, uh, palatable for for the general populace. That, That doesn't apply. I grew up in a household where it was abrasive at times, it was aggressive at times, it was challenging at times, but that is the sign of a brave parent doing what needs to be done. And in the same way that I saw it in my house, we get to experience it here. Because what's served here is steak, and thank God for it. Thank God for it. But if steak is being served, then it's time for me to step up and dive in away the, the halloween can it's time to step up it's time to step up because the world needs it now more than ever my children need it my family need it the society the world around us needs it we need adults brave ones not toddlers adults it's time to grow up it's time to grow up. Let's bow our heads Man, it's easy to get so wrapped up in the sweetness of soft Christianity. Easy, pliable, unchallenging Christianity. I think it might be a Western thing. I feel like people in the underground churches in China don't have time to play with this nonsense because they know that there's uh, the potential that their lives could be lost. They can be in prison. People in North Korea understand that if we're going to gather, we're going to gather and we're going to dive deep. We're not going to sit here and twiddle our thumbs and, 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 and have an entertaining form of this Christianity thing because this isn't about entertainment. This is about a walk with God that is not always the easiest thing. But it's what we've been called to do. So I urge you as Congress, people that attend this church as believers, as Jesus followers. I'm not accusing anybody of immaturity, but I am just imploring you to ensure that you keep your maturity in check. Make sure that you are locked in on it. Locked in on it. It's the time for adults. It's now. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. If you're, if you're here this morning and you tell me, I've messed around with childish things. I've allowed my faith to wander off into the childish. Yeah, because it's easy. It's unchallenging. You can be so honest as to say, that that's me. I've, I've done that. And I have failed to be the adult, the spiritual adult, the spiritual leader that God has called me to be. That is you. And you're here this morning with every eye closed, and every head down, raise your hand with me. Raise your hand. Thank you, thank you. you. Go ahead, put it down, put it down. This is for those that are online as well. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. And we recognize the fact that we have been children at times. We have neglected or rejected our role as spiritual adults. Whether here in service or those that are watching online, we've we've dropped the ball in that capacity. And for that we say, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for being entertained by childish things, Lord and not being the person you've called us to be. But God, I, I come to you right now and I ask you, Lord, that you give us the boldness and the discernment and the understanding to recognize we are being childish and immature. When we are dropping the ball and we are not leading in the way that we're designed to lead. God, I pray that you teach us to be bold, to step up, to step up to the plate, to lead like we were designed to lead, to be brave, Lord, he called us to be brave, not fearful, but to step up, Father God. You have given us all of the ammunition in your word that we need to be able to fight the wars that we see in front of us, to be able to fight these spiritual wars that continue to, to push against us, Father. You have equipped us, Lord, but we have chosen to pick up toy guns as opposed to picking up the true word of god father and we we say forgive us forgive us lord but we stand here now and we say that today is a new day today is a new day and we step into our role as a congregation as a collective body of believers lord we step into our role as spiritual adults and we say no more no more childishness no more, no more immaturity. Today, we step into our role as mature spiritual adults. I pray that you teach us the practices necessary to train ourselves. That we be in your word. That we fast. That we pray. That we that we worship you, Lord, Spirit and Truth. And doing so, that maturity grows all the more. We thank you for bolstering our faith, for growing us, for teaching us, God. And we thank you that you force hand as a loving father you force our hand into maturity we thank you now with every eye closed and with every head bowed we're going to pray as always for those that have not committed their life to Jesus or have for one reason or the other fallen off and, and recognize the fact that they need to need to come back to change the way that they've been living need to rededicate themselves to to Jesus and so as always let's pray this prayer together for for those that are here, that are either, that are either praying that or for, for those that are online, we want to join them. Let's Father God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you, Lord, that we didn't earn that, we didn't deserve that, and yet you freely gave it to us. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Today, we follow you. We make you first in our lives. Moving forward, you are the Lord and Savior of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we clap it up for those that are praying that for the first time? Or Church, I, I, I look around and, I'm, and I'm, you know, it makes me feel good to know that I'm surrounded by adults in the faith you know because when the battle's like rough I don't want a child praying for me you know it's not to say that you know like when Judah prays for me I love it and I know that the Lord hears him, and that that we're, we're training him we're teaching him he's maturing but when I'm in the thick of it man I want a warrior there by my side I want somebody who's been through some fights of their own. I need an I need an adult there with me. I can wield a weapon and say, "Hey, I'm here to battle. I'm here to do battle with you." My maturity, we're going to combine it with yours, and we're going to stand here. And we're going to believe in faith that God is going to move, and it brings me joy to know that we have pastors that are mature and congregations that are mature as well. But we never, we can't afford to ever take our foot off the pedal or take a back seat. And think that we got it figured out. That's that's that's. The, the last thing we do because it's in those moments where we get flattened but i urge you and i and i encourage you to lean in because there's always room for growth there's always room for more god we thank you so much for for this time that we got to spend in your word lord we pray that you uh help us as we as we head home and um and and, and you know enjoy the the day off that most of us have tomorrow father god i pray that you help us remember what it's about lord as the pastor prayed this earlier it's not about a barbecue or going to the beach or whatever but it's recognizing the fact that there are those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to enjoy that freedom the freedoms that we enjoy that we uh, experience here in our country so we thank you father god for what you've done in this service today lord and we pray lord that we take it with us jesus it's in your name we pray amen amen and amen